Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Eleven personnel is live. It's game week. The Cats are taking on Ball State, and we're brought to you by our friends at Monticello Bank. Finally, look at um, you know our friend Josh Pate likes to say there is no off season, but. Um, mm-hmm. Man, August really sucked. I'm not gonna lie. I'm so ready for these games to get started. <laughs> it felt it felt good just to like get buried in game notes for a little while. Yeah. Um. I I hate that we're at the point where like advanced stats like you you can't do numbers or anything right now. Um. You can just kind of look at what some of the yeah, guys did last year. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not the same. So it's a nice little taste. It's the final day without college football. Utah and Florida are the headliner tomorrow night along with Nebraska and uh, Minnesota, which um, I'm thinking I think we might do a little Australian parlay, go down under on both games. Huh? Oh, is that something <laughs> you just made up off the, off the dome there? From the land down under. We're going way down like under. Uh, why not? Why not? It's, it, it could be an ugly first night of college football, but it's better than no football. Uh I'm 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 fired up. I've even got my my Hardly Gilmore Coliseum jersey on. Look at that, the the <laughs> little uh, it's got the old school. Hell, I'm going the wrong way. There we go. Look at that logo. No, no the Value Nike City, the 2003. Yeah. Um, no Nike in the hokey. Uh, yeah, I did. Nick, you know this is this is my wheelhouse here this weekend. I mean five five straight days. Of college football, no, no NFL. This is the only college football only weekend. It controls the sports world, ties in with a holiday weekend. We start the season on a holiday weekend. We end the season on a holiday weekend. This is just a. I can't. I don't know if any sport has a better way that they start a year than college football does. Just with, uh, you own a holiday weekend. It's only you. You have five straight days where you're the center of attention, and we've got some. Fun games. You got some snoozer games, but like Thursday, I'm really excited to sit down and watch Florida, Utah, Minnesota, Nebraska. Now, those are games that have taken place October 15th. I don't know if we're super that that excited to watch them, but I'm stoked to have that have that now at the end of the off season. I I think it's really exciting. Speaking of that Minnesota Nebraska game, Nick, did you know Nebraska has not been to a bowl game since 2016? Yeah, Wondell Robinson never went to one when he was there. They are, um, but 16. I was doing a little exercise. I was doing a little exercise 
today where I was looking up last five-year records, and I sent out a tweet on on Wednesday morning that said, you know, Kentucky had the fourth or fifth best record in the SEC out of the last five years. Nebraska is 19-37 and 37 over the last five years. That's only three more wins than Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt had wow. a winless season mixed in there. And they've <laughs> been to one bowl game, I think, in that time. I think they went 2018 Man. as a 6-16. Six and 16. So, yeah, and they're facing a Minnesota team. Like, Minnesota quietly, I think I've talked about this before, but I don't think P.J. Fleck gets enough credit for what he's done at Minnesota. They are 39-20 and 20 over the last five years. Like, that's a consistent winner. If you take out the COVID season, I believe, they've won, I think they're 29-10 and 10 over three full seasons. So, that's a really good program he's got rolling up there in Minneapolis. So, I'm excited to see what Matt Rule can kind of yeah. do up there. Jeff Sims at Nebraska is going to look see, weird. I- I, it's going to look weird, but I like Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech. Like he just does stuff, and I feel like that's kind of uh, a Matt Rule wheelhouse. So, I, I, if I'm doing anything in that game, I'm just playing under. Um, I want to say I shared a stat with a buddy that um, was pretty remarkable. Um, let me pull it up real quickly for the masses. So, uh, Nebraska seven of their last nine games have gone under, and Minnesota eight of their last eleven home games went under and now that's you know different regime right uh different coaching uh satterfield isn't you know they got marcus satterfield in there so we know his high-flying offenses great not a curve (laughs) but um i i just i can't trust that that touchdown i can't trust either side of the touchdown especially new quarterback tanner morgan's out there is uh is josh pascoe's old teammate still running the football up there that was his last year last year. He is gone. So Okay. okay. Minnesota's the most run-heavy, I think, Power 5 team over the last couple of years. And Ibrahim, Mo Ibrahim, had a lot to do with that. But 42 and a half is the total there. That's uh, like 40s. Yeah. Sweat. There you go. I mean, it's there's it's no better sweat. way to jump into a season. Than just get, <laughs> get cold out water. Ice cold <laughs> under sweat. Um, uh, the folks in the chat want to know, do we have any plays? Because if you if you want any Thursday night ones, we'll give out some tonight. Yeah. Thanks to our friends at Monticello Bank. They're good with money, just like we are. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, you know that they've been in business for 128 years because they're good with money. Our presenting sponsor has 21 branches and over – 14 counties across the Commonwealth. It's where people matter, whether you're dealing with home loan, uh, trying to get a new car, whatever it may be. They'll go wherever you go with the NBC mobile app. NBCBank.com, where people matter. Monticello Bank says it on the hat right there. Remember, FDIC. We can give out some Thursday night action right now before we dive into it because uh, Friday is where we're going to share all of our Saturday picks. We're going to go through all the slate. Uh, I love that you mentioned the five nights in a row because um, the <laughs> Louisville fans are mad that on the ESPN graphic they just leave off Friday because Louisville Georgia Tech just doesn't move the needle whatsoever. That's hilarious. Uh, but we're going to give you everything you need to know about Ball State and a few updates about Kentucky as well. Um, but Lucky, do you have do you have anything you're you're, you're feeling strongly about on Thursday night? Yeah, I, I kind of like NC State here. It's 14 and a hook. Don't necessarily love that hook there. But first quarter is minus three and a half, Nick. Minus 110. Kind of like that. Um, if you want to just lay the first quarter there just to have something. Uh, but NC State's one I definitely like um, with Brennan Armstrong. Talked about that. This uh, That's a season win total for me. So I think NC State's going to have a good season. So I like them, minus 14 and a half. That Florida-Utah line is interesting right now. When it was at seven, really throughout the summer, I, I like Florida a good amount there. But now that it's sneaking down, Cam Rising is officially out per ESPN's Pete yeah. Family reporting. It's getting to the point now where it's getting low where I think you kind of have to consider Utah. But like with it being the first week, I wouldn't go either way. I would maybe try to watch, see how Utah's quarterback does and maybe if live betting is an option for you. Maybe kind of Gosh. look at that to see how the quarterbacks are doing because we're, there's going to be a very much feeling out part of that game, um, specifically seeing if any team can run the ball because if Utah stuff in Florida early, it's going to be hard for them to score. That might be something you have to do there. So, so yeah, I think NC State is really the one of any of them that I like there. I would lay the 14.5, and, and I feel pretty good about it. Not great. Uh, I think I like minus 3.5, though, in the first quarter more. I – uh. 
man, just getting excited about the option of live betting in Kentucky. We are only, what, oh, two weeks away or a week away from doing it in person, I want to say. Yeah, no, just yeah. next next Thursday. Uh, you'll be able to do it at any of the horse tracks. I know uh, Churchill Downs and Derby City Gaming and Louisville will have uh, sites, stuff on site. I haven't, you know, I believe it or not, like it, I'm not on the listserv for Keeneland or some of those other places, so I don't get all of the press releases, but I'm assuming they'll be open running at the other tracks as well. Uh, you know, Turfway and all of those, um, all the CDI properties will be ready to rock and roll. But September 28th is when we'll be live here. Um, we'll be live Saturday, or no, Friday, I guess noon one is we're going to roll out our first pigskin preview. We'll have what picks. We'll have lots of picks. I'm I'm fired up for that. Diving into some research uh, as we speak, but we'll we'll save that for later. We got to talk about Kentucky because Zach Yenzer just kind of let it slip that Jeremy Flax is going to be the starter. I think we were operating under that assumption when the depth chart had an the or of all ors, right, that we all saw coming from a mile away. But the Yenzer gave him the – he's starting. They're all both going to play a lot, though. So, I, I you know, I, I don't know how – I'm trying to – I'm trying to not come across because Jeremy Flax has caught a lot of flack, if you will, from the fan base. And I feel like – I feel like he's just a whipping boy for all of the offensive line's problems last year because when he got beat, it was just – it was plain as day, right? Like – he he yeah. was just turned His around. His bad moments were worse than anybody else's, right? Yes, yes. Outside but he wasn't. Ball, I would say, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't like this kid can never play football ever again. Bad. Um, like I, I think I think some of the criticism is a little too harsh, and that experience, people people kind of forget that. Um, I mean, Corwin Ford showed up two months ago, three. So he's got some catching up to do. I, I can understand why Flax is going to be the first to get his number called on Saturday. Yeah, that that question right there in the chat that Stephen just put up at the start, but uh, from Taylor, start him or lose him? I think there was definitely a feeling out with Flax because he's a grad; he can just leave whenever, um, mm-hmm. and he's got the one free transfer too. Um, he could have left three weeks ago, Nick, and went and played somewhere. We I think we've talked about that last week. So that was definitely an issue there. I do I do agree with you on he unfairly I think gets a lot of the brunt of the criticism like yeah. he's just been the one guy they picked out that that stinks when I think the whole group kind of stunk out loud for most of right, last year right. but with that said oh, well, it, you brought it it was you, it was really easy too like it because he was the one new guy that wasn't the big blue wall like we saw Eli be good. We saw Horsey well, be good. Jagger's a Lexington kid. We're not going to blame yeah, the red shirt freshman. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. th- there's. it was easy to just pin it on him because he wasn't, you know, one of us that we had seen have some success before. Yeah, and so, and he'd been on campus for a little bit. He hadn't played and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so right. that happens. Now, with all that said about Flax, you brought in Cortland Ford to be the starter. There's no, I don't think, doubt about that. Yeah. And he hasn't won the job, so that that in and of itself is a bit worrisome to me. That what's going on that he hasn't won this job yet. Um, we're gonna see him in real games, so we're gonna get to see whether Flax has made real strides or not, or we're gonna get to see whether For- is Ford not ready, or we're gonna start to hear hear oh he was injured a lot in camp, this or that. I've been. You know, how that stuff leaks yeah. out once you start getting into the season. So we're going to learn a lot. We're going to get into Ball State here, but this defensive front, Nick, is legit. Good. I mean, it's a yeah. good defensive yeah. front. I'm not saying it's top five, top LSU. six or anything. Right, yeah, Kentucky, right. Yeah, Kentucky's going to see, but it is a legit good defensive it's front. It's formidable. Old. They aren't just going to be able yeah, to bully them. It's got a bunch of fifth-year redshirt seniors. And it's got a guy on the edge that plays with a hot motor, undersized, but just gets after it, kind of their jack linebacker position. And they are gonna like they are going to challenge Kentucky, and they they play a lot. It's we're gonna get into that more, but both sides, Ball State is kind of like a mirror image of Kentucky, stylistically. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like when Kentucky plays Georgia, how it usually plays yeah. out. I think that's what's gonna kind of happen on Saturday. Ball State's gonna try to play like Kentucky, and Kentucky's got better players throughout the roster, so it's going to be hard to beat them that way. 
Um, but it's going to be uh, Spider-Man memes in a lot of ways when these two teams face each other, so that's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, I think all, all eyes are going to be on on Flagstaff at right tackle and kind of just how they hold up uh, as a line in general. Can they pick up stunts this, this that, year, Nick? I mean, are there this, this simple twist stunts give them, put them in hell was, again like they did all last year? And that was really where Flax, it was most frustrating because it's – it was just getting lost on simple stuff that you know you should know by now, right? Like you're you're in the SEC, you're going to face stunts. Um, one thing, do you do we think that this was the or and the playing both this first month of the season? I mean, this might run like a week or two before they finally just give it to somebody. Do we think that was the plan the whole time? Like this was might just inevitable, been. no matter yeah. what. Like, yeah, it might have been. We might we might find that out. But again, this is the the kind of benefit of the schedule. They have this runway. Yeah. For this now, you got time to figure it for out. It later. They pay for mm-hmm. it later on when you start looking mm-hmm. at that back half, the game, the the run they have to go through after the bye week. But they have sometimes some time right here to tinker with things, and I think the right tackle position is one thing they're tinker, tinkering with. And just the O-line group, I think, as a whole. And so that's what we're all going to be watching, and Flax gets the first run. But I do want to stress, it's not like – I don't think he's the – I think some people are acting like he's the full-time starter. But I, to me, yeah. the, the battle's not over. That They're going to they're gonna right. split time. Now, that could change. Whereas, if, we, if we get out of here and the snap distribution's way off, then maybe he is the yeah. guy. But, but we'll have to see what we – but now we get actual, like, stuff to analyze where – before, it's not just, just what they're like, telling us. Yeah. <laughs> smoke and mirrors, like it, we're just kind of guessing and reading in between the lines. Now we actually get some data, so we have snap to count data. We'll have game rep data and all and tape to look at and all of that. So can't can't wait. That's the most exciting part. Like we get to actually like I get to watch game tape on Sunday and Monday. Yeah. We get to talk about that, and then I'll have game tape to watch on EKU when they play Scott Satterfield um, this weekend. So that that is exciting in and of itself. Which uh, you mentioned Satterfield, DeAndre Buford, he's starting for Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati, and That's right. David Wallaball, the other tackle that transferred, he'll be starting for Syracuse this fall. Um, so just something to uh, think about. You, you also mentioned, uh, you know, that that extra runway. I think one player who's going to benefit from a little bit of that extra runway is next up on our eleven topics here on eleven person. That's Ramon Jefferson, who uh, yesterday at practice, I I was struck, you know. Uh, let's be candid like it. I'm, I've run out of questions to ask these guys. So I'm just yes. like, hey, Ray, you're a good talker. Here's here's a soft toss. Just run with it. It's so like, Ray, how excited are you to just get back to playing football? And then Ray just talks for, you know, 30 seconds because he's good at it. And he's like, you know, I want to get in the end zone. That'll be cool. And he's like, but really, I want to see Ramon get in the end zone because he's gone through a lot. Uh, he's He's been through hell. And to see his story come full circle, that would be special. And so – I, uh, I I thought that said a lot about where the team's mindset is uh, right now. Like that that that's that's a very good sign. But from an X's and O's standpoint too, like this is a great opportunity to see how how this running game, how this rotation. You mentioned snap counts. How it can all work together against um, a, a front seven that isn't just going to let Kentucky do whatever the hell they want. It kind of reminds me of uh, that Chattanooga team that was pesky as hell and it made a lot of Kentucky fans mad. But, like, they were good up front. They had a dude get drafted by the Patriots in, what, the first, second round um, at center? So, like, it's going to be good that they're actually going to get challenged in the trenches. I've actually written that down. Like, Ball State comp of recent Kentucky opponents is similar to Chattanooga from how they're built from the inside out. Their two biggest positional strengths are probably offensive line and defensive line and then linebacker where the big questions are quarterback, receiver. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's not a that's not a bad comp. And when you look at their Same defensive numbers. Same wavelength over here. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. But their defensive <laughs> numbers from last year, Nick, I mean, they were they were top thirty in yards per play. They were number ten in passes defended for a game. They were number twenty in twenty plus yard plays allowed. So like they've got some, you know, number seventeen in yards per pass allowed. So they've got some good numbers. It's not, but it's not like it's built different. It's built kind of similar to Kentucky and how they stylistically attack. 
So yeah, I mean they are going to challenge in Clayton Cole, their line their linebacker who makes almost every tackle for them. It seems like number thirty two. Um, he's had two hundred plus tackles the last few years. Pretty much said in the press conference that yeah we're prepared for them that they're going to come in and try to run on it. So that's like our big focus. And Kentucky has said that nonstop. Like how many times have we heard Mark Stoops and Liam Cohen talk about wanting to establish the run, establish got to run, run the football. Run. Yeah. Um, I. You you mentioned the, the limiting the big pass plays though. Ball State is uh, replacing three members of their secondary. Uh, the only there's a safety that's back. Uh, number six, I want to say. Yeah, he's the only one that's back, and he's a um, will come up in the box. Uh, kind yeah. of a Mike Edwards. He had seventy tackles last fall. Uh, really racked up a bunch of numbers. Uh, doing a little bit of everything for him. Um, so they are going to be breaking in some new guys there, and that's where you hope that Barryon Brown and Dane Key can just out-athlete the hell out of those guys that aren't – I mean, he's, they're playing a bunch of dudes who haven't played before, right? So that that's where the real true mismatch um, I see in this matchup is. Yeah, I think offensively, Kentucky has the football. They are going to get challenged by defensive line that not only um, is solid starter, but they're too deep in each spot, Nick. Um, they run a 3-4, kind of two-gapping scheme, very similar to Kentucky. They want to eat blocks and keep their backers clean and let their backers run run free and roam and make tackles. Um, Jordan Riley, Mike Edwards' usage is very similar to how Ball State uses him. In base, he's probably a deep safety, but they'll, they'll slide him down into the slot, play some nickel, and do all kinds of stuff for them. But they are breaking in new corners. One guy was kind of their third starter, um, Red Potts, so I, I, they feel confident oh. in him. But after that, Red Potts is a 1906 <laughs> baseball player for the Cincinnati Reds, or you know, well, you know the, well, the Red Stockings. He's a 2023 <laughs> cornerback for the Ball State Cardinals, who had 26 tackles and five <sighs> pass breakups last year. So uh, they they like him. And but after that, they, there's an Old Dominion transfer they're throwing in there. But Kentucky's big advantage is in the passing game, yeah. um, specifically play-action pass. If they're able to get the run game going at all, there's going to be big opportunities for big, explosive pass plays. And that's typically in a matchup like this where you have – you're supposed to have more talent than the other team. That's where you should be making the most headway. Yeah. It's really just the explosive plays. You be able should, should be able to create big chunk plays, and I think that's what will happen for Kentucky in the pass game. And so we'll have to see, like, how what's the balance there? Do they come out and just want to say, hey, Devin Leary, go – Let's go. Yeah. Go make go make it let's go make a run at the Heisman. Let's go throw we're gonna throw it two times <laughs> to start out. Or is it gonna be all right, get a score early, um, and then let's tinker some stuff with the run game. Right. Uh, that's something we're gonna have to see. But I do think it's worth noting, back two years ago, thirteen games, ten opening drive touchdowns for the Kentucky offense with Liam Cohen calling plays. What was the what was that game where Cohen was like we, we came out and the plan was to to throw it all over the yard and was I think it, it was, was Chat. It was Chattanooga. Was that Chattanooga? Okay, all mm-hmm. right. I just I remember Cohen just being like, "Yeah, we we didn't really want to run." It was the either ball that or New Mexico. It was either that or New Mexico State. It was one of those two games. And they just came out and looked like ass. It was it was bad. Um, but yeah, uh, to your point, it's going to be fun just to see Cohen back on his BS. Right, he's got a guy who's played a lot of football under center at quarterback, which is a luxury he has not had very often. So it's going to be very exciting. Uh, we'll get more into the weeds of this shortly, but we hope to see you there. If you don't have tickets yet, like my dad, he came over today and said, Nick, show me how this game time app works. You've been talking all about it. How does it work? I was like, Dad, this is easy. Just go to your app store, download game time. You don't need to have somebody walk you through it, but you just, boom, game time app, log in. You don't even need to log in initially. Uh like you can just click and go so fast. Uh, you don't need to have an account set up for this to happen. Just bada bing, bada boom. It's fast. It's great because I, I just hit the game. And I'm like, I don't know. Look where you want to sit. And I always, I was like, I mean, all the, you know, these tickets are like 25-ish bucks. You can get lower level. There's some good seats here. And uh, he, so he got a nice corner spot, about 15 rows up. So he should have a good vantage point. You can see it before you buy it. Um, he tapped it, put in his credit card information, put in the promo code KSR, and he got 20 bucks off his first purchase. You can do the same. I mean, it's to the point where I was like, wait, that that's it? 
It's like, yeah, and the, the, the tickets are there. They were added to his wallet. Very convenient. Try the Game Time app before you go to Kentucky Ball State game. Very simple. And use that promo code KSR. The fastest, easiest ways to buy tickets. So easy. My old man can even figure out how to do it, Mr. Luckett. <laughs> I didn't even really need to help him. It was great. I'm proud it was of great. him. Um, so, Luckett, I don't know how familiar you are with Ball State, the institution. Because um, I, I wanted to just drop some knowledge on some fans. We, you play all these Mac schools, and I think – I think most schools know why it's called Ball State. Because Ball, it ain't a state. Do you, do you know why it's called Ball State, Mr. Luckett? No, uh, but yeah, tell me. So, have you ever drank out of a mason jar? Sure. That It's the Ball jars. They were made in Muncie. And the Ball brothers, yes. the, the college was... They couldn't keep it rolling, and they're like, we'll fund it. We'll get this college going. So instead of Eastern Indiana normal school, it's Ball State. Yeah, <laughs> and drinking drinking beers off I-69 uh, out of mason jars. Another thing about Muncie, Indiana, um, big volleyball town. Big volleyball town. That's Some might say that's the lifeline of Muncie, Indiana. So a lot of volleyball up there. I know there's a lot of people that travel um, – from up here to play in tournaments because Atlanta, Louisville, it's pretty big up there. Uh, I learned when I was in high school, we were going up with a, uh, we were going to watch my friend's sister when we were really just going to hit on the girls that were a year older. Uh, but we, we went on the road and we discovered the Indiana law that you can't buy beer at gas stations, which is. Oh, yeah. The. Cold oh, beer. Gosh. Cold beer, yes. Right, exactly. It's the dumbest law ever. Muncie, that we're lumping them in with all of Indiana. That's just the dumbest wall ever. Um, but they do have a few famous alumni. Um, the most prestigious of them, actually, I, I had no idea. Papa John was a Ball State Cardinal. Who would have thought? I thought he was in the house at U of L. Like it, he's in a lot of houses. Um, <laughs> Kenny Chesney vibes. With a uh, old Papa John, David yeah, Letterman. I, I I knew he went to a school in Indiana. I didn't know it was Ball State. Yeah, so Ball I, that, State. That's new to me. David, David Letterman's Letterman their has, uh, biggest Cody one. Says in the chat. Yeah, yeah. He he uh, he rocks the hardware. That I didn't realize that Matt Painter is from Muncie. He went to Purdue, but he he was a star at uh, Muncie Central back in the day. Uh, does the name Frank Thomas ring a bell? The Big Hurt? Nah, not that one. Not the guy <laughs> on eugenics. He was uh, the 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 Gippers' roommate, the Notre Dame quarterback who coached Alabama to two national championships. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I've yeah. Name. Different one from Muncie. So where Nick? Where is Muncie? Is it Indianapolis adjacent? So where exactly is it in the state it, of Indiana? It's you gotta you gotta hit I sixty nine going northeast, and it's between Fort Wayne. Uh, I don't know, probably forty five minutes northeast of Indianapolis. It's the uh, uh, so I can like cut south through ish, but much more south, um, almost Ohio. Okay. In fact, if I want to go to my wife's uh, in Ohio, you can go with Cincinnati way, or you can go the Indy way, and the Indy way cuts through uh, Muncie. Uh, the the my favorite tourist attraction in Muncie. Never been there before. Uh, the Bob Ross Museum. That is where Bob Ross oh. filmed all of his uh, his shows at the local NPR. I think it was NPR station there. Or not NPR, but uh, whatever the public t- K- P- PBS station there is where he filmed all of his shows. It was in Muncie, and they've got a museum there now. Uh, they teach art classes there. Um, so that that's probably the most famous landmark. Muncie is uh, Bob Ross's town. Uh, if Mike knew won a few more games, it might be his. Uh, yeah, only Mac school uh, in Indiana. Yeah, he's getting a little close to hot seat territory at the old alma mater. Population, Nick. What's the population? Ooh, uh, let me scroll up here. Wikipedia tells me it is 65,000. Pretty big city. So what is that? Like Bowling Green? Is Bowling Green that big? Bowling Green's not that big, is it? 
Uh, that's a good point. Uh, I bet it's probably similar. Um, I don't know how. Yeah, seventy five thousand is Bowling Green, so it's okay. seventy three thousand, so close more, enough. More, more like Owensboro, maybe. So yeah. that's kind of the Jim Pop we're dealing with. Okay. Yeah. No, it's the yeah, it's the Indiana School and the the Ohio Conference. Yes. Ball State Cardinals. Um, but it I sounds not, like it's pretty much in, in Ohio from how you kind of laid the map out to me. Yeah, it, it basically is. It's a stone's throw away. If you, it's we how we travel to Indiana go gamble. They can do that to Ohio if they needed to. Um, it's that close. Um, yeah. Did you? I didn't realize this. You may have spent a couple of years in the MAC. Going jokes did. until they threw them out. I had no idea yeah. that was a thing. Yeah, that's uh, like early 2010, 2011, 2012. I believe. So did, but they threw them out though, like because they weren't. I think they good replaced enough? them with like Buffalo. Yeah, essentially, it was a bad fit. Just, I mean, they had to travel up to Amherst to go play, and they. Yeah. It was just. I think that it just didn't fit. It just didn't make much sense for everybody. But yeah, it was around the time that the realignment, the first realignment started. I think was. I think that yeah. it was around that time. So you're looking at like Johnny Football era ish. Yeah. So about ten years uh, ago or so. But Mike New, like you said, he's a former Ball State quarterback, played there in the 90s. He's now in his eighth season. They were a win away last year from becoming bowl eligible for the third straight year. That would have been a program first. Um, he got a division title during the COVID year in 2020, but he's never beaten a Power 5 opponent, 0-8. Uh, ball State is 0-11 lifetime against SEC opponents. That includes a loss to Gamo back in 2001. Um I I was shocked that Ball State didn't make a bowl last year because Carson Steele was so much fun to watch. He had 1,500 yards rushing uh, last fall. Behind that offensive line that's returning, they've got 66 starts combined, which is top 20 yeah. in all of the FBS. So uh, they had a big-time rusher last year. Lost him to UCLA with the big mullet. Um, he was one of those guys when it was like, oh, man, how many Porter guys does Kentucky need at running back? Do you go after Carson Steele? <laughs> He's going to be fun out of UCLA. Uh, but one thing Ball State did that is similar to Kentucky as well, they took a 1,000-yard rusher from within the conference. They did. Marquez Cooper was at Kent State. He had 2,500 yards over the last two seasons, uh, but his head coach dipped to be Coach Prime's O.C., and I guess he decided to ends up at Ball State to run behind a good offensive line. Uh, he's a good ball player. Uh, I expect this rushing operation to continue to hum uh, this fall in Muncie. Yeah, you mentioned that division title. They actually upset Lance Leipold's, I believe, last Buffalo team to win the back title in 2020. But other than that, they haven't had a winning record. You know, so they, they you see that sometimes in that conference. Teams can rise yeah. up and then fall down. A lot of variants. Yeah. I was surprised when I started digging in and started learning more about Mike New and how he runs operation and schematically and all that stuff they do. Like, I knew he had Carson Steele, and I knew that was like a bell cow back, and that's what he would. It's average over 24 carries per game, a rush for over 15 yards, had a huge season last year for them. But they were, with all that said, they were one of the most pass heavy offenses in college football. Um, they threw it over 40-something times per game last year, even with Steele. So, essentially, it was a pass play or Steele was getting, the ball, getting the ball on, yeah. every, on every snap. And I think it'll it'll go down a little bit this year, but this is a pass-first operation. So, they're very much pro-ish style and how they attack. They're going to run condensed formations like Kentucky. They're going to get – for. Motion heavy like Kentucky, pre-snap shift heavy, uh, and they're going to use that as a weapon, some of that pre-snap kind of eye candy. But then after the snap, they're going to look to throw it a lot. And I think Cooper, is that was a good pickup for them. But in the Mac and at these lower level Knicks, it's hard to find bigger tailbacks. Yeah, like That's yeah. why Steele was so good for them. He was just a 215, 220 bulldozer where Cooper's five foot eight. He's probably yeah, really 5'6". They list him at 180 pounds. He's a one-cut runner, runs really hard, but he's a little guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm be interested to see how effective he can be against Kentucky's big front. Um, so that, but they're going to throw it a lot. And to me, in this game, two things we want to see with from this defense is the pass rush and coverage and how they tie into each other. 
they're going to get a lot of reps in this game. I think Ball State's going to come out and throw it a bunch. They added Lane Hatcher, a transfer, super senior, same high school class as Devin Leary. He's played it. He walked on at Alabama, landed at Arkansas State, played there under Blake Anderson, then went to Texas State, played there. Got for the Texas hell State. out after a year of Butch Jones. I mean, he, yep. one year of Butch Jones, that's God's work, you know. <laughs> it, every place he's been has been, you know, it's kind of pass-heavy pass spread where this is going to be more pro-style, but it's still lean, um, a little pass-heavy. Uh, but they're going to allow, allow him to throw it a lot, I think. And you're going to see that play out on Saturday. So I really want to see how can, can the pass rush get home. And what does the coverage look like? And can they make plays on the ball when the opportunities are there? When they have a chance at a pick, can they finish it off? Because that's, I think, a top goal for them this season. And it's going to be a good test, I think, right away to see Kentucky's new corner, specifically Maxwell Harrison, because you're going to see him in coverage. But they're also, with their condensed formations, they're going to make him come down, and he's going to have to fight blocks and go make tackles. And so you're going to get to see him kind of play through traffic. So it's going to be a real good first test, I think, for for him and that's what you're going to kind of see when ball state's on offense and then defense like we talked about they they run like the same defense as kentucky um that's the best way i could put it like if brad white left tomorrow i'd, I'd probably throw this defense coordinator on my on my list if i was making it for kentucky just because of stylistically what they do and he's overachieved to their standards at ball state um, tyler stockton is his name he's former Notre Dame defensive lineman he's done a really good job job there and their front is going to challenge Kentucky like we talked about. But really, um, because of the Spider-Man meme and how they play, I think you're going to get to see a couple of Kentucky's big question marks, right, going into the season. Offensive line and cornerback cor- two. I think you're going to get to see spotlight shine on both of them, and we're going to see how um, Kentucky does in each aspect. Matt's asking if we're going to get an interception on Saturday, and I'm hoping so. I'm hoping they create some turnovers. If, but If you can find props, that's something I would look at, Kentucky interception, because of just the volume I think Ball State is going to throw it in this game. They're just going to have a lot of chances to get one. And so, because, and, uh, yes, and they's also, they also shouldn't be able to run the ball against Kentucky. I know they've got a 2,500, you know, guy with right. 2,500 career rushing yards, but – the stoutness of Kentucky's front seven, they should be able to control that. Um, and then it's how much pressure can you – are you going to get on Lane Hatcher? Um, Big Dion, when he sees that guy come up there, is he going to put the fear of God in him, you know? Uh, I hope so. Uh, but you want to see Kentucky be a little disruptive defensively, create some havoc. That was something that's, that's kind of been absent. Now you've got a really old group out there. Um, aside from the cornerback. So I, I do like this. You know, you, we keep going back to the kind of carbon copy thing, but um, it's kind of akin to Kentucky basketball in November playing a team from the, you know, Mac that's projected to win their conference. It's like playing the Vermont Catamounts, right? Like they're going to be one of the better teams in the conference. Um, or, you know, so in that regard, all right, that's good. Or you play like a team with just a bunch of athletes. They might not be great, but like, okay, this will this will prepare you for what you're going to see in SEC play. You, the guys that you want to see tested are going to get tested on Saturday. The guys that you want to see get tested are going to get tested on Saturday. Yeah, okay. Nick, first touchdown score. Who are you rolling with here, a guy, Daniel Peake? Who scores the first points for KY? I've struggled with now, this last question. Now, last year, if you – Last year, if you remember, Miami went down, drove down, and scored on Kentucky. Um, and then it was all Kentucky after that. But we just talked about what, what happened with Cohen. Um, so if Kentucky gets a stop or gets the ball first, I think they're gonna, there's a good chance they go down and score. So who who would you ride with if you had to make a first-person first score play here? I would, I would do the boring pick and pick the guy with the lowest odds. It's Ray Davis because – Part of what I want to see is Kentucky get back to being effective in the red zone. And they worked a lot situationally on passing in the red zone when they did their one live scrimmage where they were tackling. But Cohen wants to be able to run the damn ball. So test it. Like, here's your chance. You're going up against a formidable front seven. Run the damn ball right through Cole, right through that dude's face. So I, I would I would put my money on Ray Davis 
Uh, and then Baryon Brown would be second because I think the next likeliest option is that Baryon just busts like a gets past somebody and scores a forty yard touchdown. I think Brendan Bates is a pretty good long shot option here. Oh, you get down the red zone. We saw Justin Rigby heavily involved um, as a red zone red zone target. I could see, especially if you get in the run game going, play just your typical NFL play action to the tight end. In a too tight set, you sneak the inline guy out. He's wide open. Bates is a guy who came back for an extra year. He's had a really good camp. Try to get you know a super senior in the end zone to start the season. I kind of like that one. So that would be it, that because that's really what you're looking for. I mean, you're, you're, it's a roll of the dice either way on those. But that that one would have I think a pretty good payout if you if your uh, book of choice maybe offered that. One person, too, I, I, I doubt this will be out there, but if I had to roll the dice on somebody getting an interception, Jalen Geiger, he's a guy that we haven't talked about a yeah. bunch, but he's returning after suffering that ACL season-ending injury a year ago in week two at Florida. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Uh, he's had a pick six in his career down at Vanderbilt. Um, I could see him being one of those that they're moving him kind of all over the place. They're going to try to use him to disguise some stuff. And I could see him just hopping right in front of one of Hatcher's passes. And it, he just doesn't yeah. see him. You know, like, lines up, that doesn't account for him. And Geiger surprises and makes a nice play on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, when PFF publishes the snap count distribution, that's going to be the first place I look. Just how is that safety trio, how are those snaps split up? And so he's definitely going to be a player I'm going to keep an eye on. On Saturday, uh, Kentucky offensively, like it, is there a? I mean, is, is there a magic number that you need to see on the scoreboard to feel good about how they played? Uh, is forty enough? Like, I mean, if they had less than thirty-five, I would be a little, a little something bad happened. Um, yeah, that's not necessarily great. But I don't. I, I you have to see the games because I don't know what kind of possession game it's going to be. Where are they getting the ball? What happened on drives? You kind of have to play it out. But I mean, this right is, now, yeah, I think they SEC, should. I think they should push forty. Yeah, I think they should be pushing yeah, forty. Th- thank game. you. Grow a freaking spine. We got to get SEC Mike in here to teach you how to have a take like it. Damn it. <laughs> oh well, the game could go no like forty five or die or nothing. Forty five <laughs> or I'm coming in the football podcast Monday steaming. They should have 40-plus. And you remember back to last year, in these games, they can never bust through. They were scoring in the 30s. And you were just like, goals. well, they'll, they'll eventually, you know, the lid will come off eventually. Uh, they're just working through some things, and that never happened. So that from a, from a test standpoint, you do want to see them go out. You don't want to see them, like, really sputter um, a lot of the game. And you want to see them break through and create explosive plays, finish in the red zone, um, avoid penalties, uh, take care of the football. And if you can – I think the, the total right now, the team total is 36, 36 and a half for Kentucky. I'd so go if over. you push 40, that, that would be a good afternoon. The uh, SP Plus projections call this a 37 to 30 – or excuse me, 37 to 7 game. Um, that, yeah. I, I trust those a little bit better than some of the advanced stats – projections just because he he bill Connolly puts a lot of nuance and offseason change in there where n- most of them you need a couple games to bake into that but yeah. that would cover the spread i feel like that um i'm, I'm curious if this is going to be a play on your board when we do the pigskin preview on friday like it but um i know i know for kentucky fans you know we like to you know we're gambling starting in the state right we're gonna get excited and many times it's like, well, this isn't what Mark Stoops does, right? Like this is – he doesn't blow out the bad teams. I really want to see that. I want to see this on Saturday because Devin Leary isn't like a quarterback you've had before. I want to see him 
seven different players, nine different players catch passes, and I want three or four different guys scoring touchdowns. You know, like this, we saw what this offense can be. That 2021, you know, especially the farther you get away from it, I mean, that's the best offense since 2007, yeah. right? So, like, and that was just with Wandale, Josh Ali, and Chris Rodriguez. Like, uh, you know, no offense to some of the guys who hung around from that team, but those are really your your big three options, right? And this team should have more weapons than that. You should be scoring in the mid to high 40s, and you should be blowing out this Ball State team on Saturday, even though they do kind of are going to butt some heads with you from time to time. You should be able to go over the top and score some points. Yeah, I know that's consensus that they don't blow out the bad teams, but Kentucky's 9-2 and two against the spread in their last 11 non-conference home games. So they typically they, <laughs> times, they, they typically do blow out these teams. It's maybe just not – it's not pretty. Yeah. What you're getting at is you want to see fireworks. Well, it's You've like old Petrino. Throw it along, right? Go over the top. You, take the top off the defense. You have the quarterback. You have the receivers. You want to see the explosive plays, the big chunk gains. You want to. That's what you want to see. Yeah. And I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't disagree with that. You need to. Like, we need to see some of that. Um, my big concern is stylistically, Kentucky. I think needs to lean a little past, not past first, but lean a little bit more to the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were going to make a chart or whatever. Uh, but we know Stoops wants to lean and then lean a little bit more towards the run. Mm. And they're going to have to find a happy medium. And what does it look like in these first three games? And what we see in the first three games, what what should be our big takeaway? Because it's, I think it's going to be different when they start playing. You know, you get in the SEC and SEC play and then Louisville at the end of the year. Because I know they're going to – they're tinkering with stuff right here. So what does it look like? But I do think from a – you need to see the explosiveness from the passing game because that is the strength of your team. No matter yeah. what, what your your whole year is kind of banked on you being able to throw the ball vertically and create explosive plays. So you do want to see that, and it would be nice to see it in week one. And to Ben's point, he wants to see zero sacks. I'm just curious to watch Leary operate under pressure because yeah, he's a, it's, it's different than Levis. Levis was a great runner. But he was uh, steps up in the pocket and runs north south. Leary, and 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 also Levis sucked at feeling like he he did not have a great sense of awareness, right? Like how many times are you just like throw throw the damn ball, get it out, like you're holding it too long. Whereas like Leary, I feel like we're gonna get a lot of more, you know, kind of scatting around back there, extending the play, and then throwing it underneath to you know the ass kicker or something like that. Lack of Levis, lack of wiggle in the pocket. Knowing how to maneuver in the pocket, which is a skill set, um, that that was a struggle for him, and I think the injury made him very much a sitting duck for most of the season last year. And when you are a statue in the pocket, that makes a pass rush easier because you can you have a launch point, and you're yeah. going to launch point. There's no him. He's not moving <laughs> it's around. Like a drill. He's moving. Right. He's not. He's not moving very fast and laterally. He's not like you talked about. He's very much a linear athlete when mm-hmm. when. Comes time to maybe you know use your hips and move around. It's something he didn't really succeed at, and so like seeing Leary, it's going to look different. So yeah, I definitely what how he how he handles pressure, I think will be remarkably different this year as compared to Levis. But you're not going to get the QB powers and like, hey, let's run a draw right here, or let's run a QB run, QB counter, whatever. Um, those runs you're not really going to have. So it's going to be different in that aspect. But then again, they didn't, they weren't able to use those runs last year. One, because the OC didn't want to. And two, he got hurt early in the year and he just couldn't yeah. move. Yeah. Um, Leary's got a little wiggle. You can have a little wiggle this Saturday, too, if you're rocking some shorts from Bird Dogs. Maybe the Wayne Legretzkis. Love the names. They got plenty of creative names. <laughs> Plenty of wonderful products there. Um, we're the biggest fans of the the shorts with the liner in them, but they've got plenty of different great styles uh, at a price point that will make you happy. And you'll be even happier if you use the promo code KSR. You're going to get a Hydroflask style water bottle on the house when you use that promo code, or you visit birddogs.com slash KSR to do your shopping 
ahead of this Kentucky football season. Um, and on top of top of all their stylish shorts, yeah, they got upperwear too. They got tops too. The 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 polos are wonderful. The hats I've seen I've seen some of the bird dogs hats out in the wild too. Like yeah. uh, somebody was rocking one at the media scrum yesterday uh, in Lexington. So bird dogs, they're comfortable. They're stylish. They're the best of the best. Use promo code KSR or shop at birddogs.com slash KSR. They'll hook you up with a hydro style flask uh, or a hydro flask style cup uh, that, you know, maybe you pour some of that, some of that good sweet nectar in there. And uh, like it, Freddie's Question Freddy's in the little... chat right quick here, Nick. Okay. Who is excited for a beer at the stadium? <sighs> Who plans on buying one? Who doesn't? Does them having it maybe going to make you enter go to the enter the game a little early? So let us know in the chat what you think Man, of. Kroger that's Beers, a great Kroger point because because like here first things first um, eight a.m. kickoff. Look at what's your ideal breakfast tailgate breakfast for the nooner game because it is um, you know there's a lot of options. It's not just your for most people they aren't just cracking open the Bud Light at seven thirty a.m. and uh, sucking down a hot dog, right? It's a little bit different for a, for a morning tailgate. So, what's your your go to move, especially for one that's going to be nice and crisp football weather Saturday morning? I think it all depends on what time you're getting out there and how much tailgating you plan on doing. The Chick Fil A mini chickens, whatever that's called, that is just the easy one. You just pick that up. It's there. People have something to munch on. Did you um, see the spicy biscuits are back? Which just best? Why they ever got rid of it? Put we, had, we had some of those in media days. Dude, having spicy chicken biscuits back. I, I mean, I ate. I gained the freshman fifteen at UK thanks to those. Those are life changing. So shout out. But sorry to interrupt. I just needed to note that for the for the crowd. Yeah. So you can you can do that. I or you can do like a just do a breakfast sandwich. Just go in, get your Bojangles. Chicken fillet biscuit, roll in the town or whatever breakfast you want. To me, like you know, it's always late arriving at the tailgates when you're rolling in this late. So you're only going to be out there for an hour ish. So a lot of times oh. it's get 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 a bite to eat when you're in the on in the, the way. stadium. Oh, you that know, too. I, or when you're in I, the stadium. I, if you if you show up to a tailgate though, and if you have a spread that just like really just bacon and. A bloody, yeah. Like, make, even to where I'm, like I'm dipping casserole. the bacon in yeah. the butt. Oh, the breakfast casserole. That that's that's a good point because you can make it ahead of time, uh, and then you if you just put it over an open flame, warm it up a little bit. Um, but I I've also learned too. I've discovered Freddie's bubble water. That's what I tell Duke. We're if we're gonna treat ourselves, we're gonna have some bubble water. But the Kroger <laughs> sparkling water, that with a little bit of Tito's is a wonderful drink. That uh, goes down rather easily. That is going to be inserted into my rotation. Uh, but to answer your point too, like it, I think we might have to go in earlier than normal because you know normally that's time for us to kind of we get like a little bit of in between time where we can kind of hang out the tailgates and maybe have one cold one. I think we might have to go and try out some of Kroger Field's finest and watch warmups, right? I, because I, I think I think there's a lot to that. And the people who were wary of alcohol sales, I think most of it now is just a matter of convenience and not just like trying to drink as much as you can and feel uncomfortable. And then you go in, you're drunker than you want to be. Like, it's going to be nice for a lot of people to just maybe catch well, a little buzz and then drink four beers the, at the game. The number one reason they're selling beer at games is for a fan amenity, it's to get butts in the seats. It's yes. an extra, like, you can have this here at the game come. Take advantage of it. Come see about it. Um, because it, attendance was an issue. But I do think, Nick, if you're – like I've been to NFL games, and instead of just pounding a couple beers in the parking lot, you can just go in unco- and feeling uncomfortable while you're yeah, doing it. bloated, like, you can, oh, God. <laughs> you can just go in and just go get a beer, and then you can just, like, get to your seat and settle in. Like, that, I think, is going to be the advantage for you. Like you could just go in, and then the way I think they've set up the beer, kind of if you kind of look at the concession stands, like they have multiple tents. Um, I really think the only bad place in the stadium is upper deck visitor side. 
They only have two up there in that upper concourse. Everywhere else, they got multiple, and they have options that you can choose from. I thought they were very much going to nickel and dime the the good people and yeah. say we got three throughout the whole. Because that's how Vanderbilt a lot of places was when did I it. went. Yeah, yeah. That's how Vanderbilt was when I went in 2019, and they had, you know, they had literally had two, one on one side, one on the other, and the lines were outrageous. That's how I thought it was going to be. But this, I think, should be somewhat once they work the kinks out early, somewhat efficient of being able to get beers throughout the game. So I think going in early is the way to do it because you can just go in, get it, settle in, you're ready to go. And that's especially for a noon game, Nick, when yeah. you don't have a chance to tailgate a lot. That, that's right, right. Because you can go and get to your seat and you're that's just there and you don't have to feel rushed. That's ah. a fan amenity, and that's why they, they did it. It's going to be nice. Uh, Tyler did join the chat. No, this is not a Jared jersey. This is uh, the Coliseum 32, um, which – that's a nice reminder is we're getting New Jersey's that we're going to see for the first time at Kroger Field yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, that's too. That too. That, that, that's going to throw people off, and a lot of people haven't seen the new turf, the new signage that's up on the field. Like, a lot of that pops. Um, and we've been out there this week. They've had uh, cranes up, you know, putting the finishing touches on before game week. So it's a very exciting time in the bluegrass. Uh, kickoff at noon on the SEC Network. Dave Neal, Derek Mason, and Taylor Davis on the call if you're going to be watching from home. Um, if you're going, 8 a.m., uh, the KSR pregame show starts at KS Bar. Uh, breakfast is going to be served at 9, and that's when the Lex Train shuttle is going to happen. Uh, I know there's sometimes where, you know, those parking passes, they, they go about as fast as anywhere, but I think if you're there Early for this opener, you should be good. Uh, we can park at the Dairy Queen now, so that's that's nice as well. Um, Is KS Bar serving breakfast again? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. We'll 9 have breakfast on the menu. So, yeah, uh, that that can be uh, the way to go. I like Lincoln's throwing shade at Tennessee. Big shout also to everybody in the chat and everybody who yes. tuned in tonight. This was our largest live audience so far. And, I mean, the games haven't even started. We're really going to get this thing rocking and rolling. Um, in no time, Adam Luckett. It'll it'll be. Whew. We're gonna have actual Enjoy. games to talk about. I can't wait. Yeah. Enjoy the sprint. It's not a, this season. Unfortunately, is not a marathon. It's very much a sprint. But I'm glad this sprint is here and let's all run it together. Ah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it all, Big Blue Nation. Thanks to our partners at Game Time, Bird Dogs, promo code KSR for each of them, and our presenting sponsors at Monticello Bank. 21 locations, 14 different counties. They're the best. And you're the best, Big Blue Nation. Wow. Football time in the Bluegrass is almost here. We'll have our picks, our official Kentucky picks on Friday, um, along with everything else on this opening Labor Day weekend uh, of football. And if you see us in the parking lot, not just Saturday, but this season, just say, hey. Yeah. We don't bite. Don't promise. No. We're friendly. Um, you know, we might turn you down for a beer. We might not. You know, uh, <laughs> Tower, ear, earmuffs, earmuffs, Tower, <laughs> earmuffs. Um, but we're, we're going to have a good time this Kentucky football season, and hopefully this Saturday is the start of something special. We're going to have it all right here on the KSR YouTube channel and everywhere else. KSR on X. We're on X now. X, go and give it to you. Well. So follow us wherever you can. And uh, the KSR Plus sale, it shuts down Saturday, 50% off. For the year, Luckett's scouting report's dropping tomorrow, so he's going to have a lot more into the X's and O's, unlike anything else in the market. And the full card, Game on Picks, will also be up on Friday. So, yeah, come join ah. the party with us at KSR+. Plus. We've already got we've already got betting trends and nuggets getting posted on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, fastest growing fan community, uh, Kentucky fan community, on the World Wide Web. And, and... If South Carolina were to lose on Saturday, you can go to the, go to their board and read some Gamecock tiers, or you can go to other places oh, if they, they had a bad performance. Oh, that Florida, Florida Thursday night subscription. Gators online, man, that is uh, that place is popping. Yeah. Oh, and the the, the Husker, the Nebraska one, those people Husker are, online yeah. can be they can be lunatics too. So it's a blast. Sign up now, fifty percent off your first year. It's the deal of the century, um, and. Yeah, that's it. First game week. Check it off the box. We got plenty more coming. We'll be previewing EKU next week as well. Uh, for Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. This has been 11 Personnel. Go Cats and go Kroger.
Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.